0: welcome to the state of games i'm dice hate me and i'm joshua j mills and this is a podcast all about board and card games and more so welcome to episode 188 or as we like to call it the one about milk so this is 80, 88, 88 <laughs> miles an hour that's I'm right to go we're ready to go we're going to go back in time to the 1950s that's very thematic josh thanks Uh, So this is a very special mini-sode where I'm just going to talk to Josh about his game Milkman that is on Kickstarter from April 25th through May 12th, and just for the record, if you haven't heard it here on the podcast before, it's being published, hopefully, by yours truly at Dice Hate Me Games. So, hi Josh, thanks.
1: Long time. It's been a long time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we haven't had you on here in a while, and you haven't been on the Geek All-Stars in a little while, so it's good to, good well, to you to be back. You, yeah, you have a
1: bunch of kids, that's what happens, but yeah. now I'm, I'm, excited, I'm excited to finally talk about games, and specifically, one of mine.
0: Yes, exactly. So, what well, we can talk organically through this, but I'll put down a few talking points just so we can move through, and again, uh, for any of the listeners out there who might be missing TC and Daryl. They'll be back. We just wanted to keep this one short. Gee, so. Don't worry, don't worry. They'll they'll be back. You don't have to put up with
1: me for that long.
0: <laughs> I'd like people to know about you for well for a second, but first, let's describe what Milkman is for listeners who aren't familiar.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, Milk Milkman is a is a dice game first and foremost um, about basically milking your cows running a dairy farm bottling it up and getting out there in your sweet milk truck and delivering it to houses so when it comes down to it it's you know from from farm to to table there so to the doorstep and it's it's really just a nice wholesome experience all around <laughs> it's a
0: return to formula
1: so in in the
0: 50s it was very much farm to table and today it's trying to be, go back to farm to table so We're kind of it's like vinyl. It's like vinyl. It's like vinyl. It's right. It's it's coming back. back. It's back. All right. So let's learn about you. Um, What's your history and like? How did you get into gaming?
1: So gaming, on the whole, my day job is in video games, but I got into gaming real early through board games. So I at daycare. This was when I was I don't know eight maybe younger I don't remember it was you know it was the as my daughter would say late 1900s or whatever. (laughs) But I really, I was obsessed with making games and I couldn't make video games. I had a Game Boy at the time. Like I drew things that I wanted to make in a video game form, but I could make board games. So I would go, if you remember at like whatever local drugstore you could buy, um, those like checkerboards and the pieces Mm -hmm. for like two bucks. Yeah. So I would do that and then I would buy spray paint because you could when you were eight back then. Um, can't now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Can't now. Yeah, and I would take and I would get like four or five of those boards. I would spray paint them all white. And then I would figure out the designs and stuff I want to put on them. Make up a game. I made one that was a space game uh, that took place on a triangle board. So I cut the board. I mean, this was really, I mean, I didn't even really know what board games were. I just knew chess existed. Pretty high level, though. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, uh, Castle was my best game, I think. And it was a gambling game where basically the house won if you rolled sevens and it was two dice and oh, wow. you could win like if you rolled uh snake eyes you would win all the down the line if you rolled a 12 you'd roll, win horizontally if you rolled like a six you could win everything else but if you rolled a seven it went to the to the so wedding fund which you, was the house oh that,
0: so that's so let me that's um fascinating because you were did this when you were like eight Yeah, I mean, really early. Well, I'm fascinated that you knew, like, even back then, the intrinsic odds that the house is likely to win. And so if it's
1: seven, yeah. yeah. So I grew up playing, like, going camp, and all of a sudden we had a pop-up camper. And my dad, we liked playing cards, right, the whole family. Yeah. Um, So he taught us how to play, like, poker, and Queen L is another one, a bunch of other games. But basically we would gamble, even as, like, kids with quarters, you know, because, you know, what are you going to do, walk away with – four dollars like after seven <laughs> hours yeah um but i understood the like he taught me all uh, all of that kind of those concepts when i did it because i was like oh then you can make money that's the my mind immediately went to like oh well you should design it so you make the most money and sevens are the most you're gonna roll those the <laughs> most right at eight um but yeah i was so it, you had it some background here. knowledge beyond yourself then yeah oh yeah and we yeah, would, yeah. like trick-taking games and all kinds of yeah. stuff um and super young. My sister is brutal though. She she's two year two and a half years younger than me, but she she was way smarter and way more cunning. And she'll just trick you right out of every dollar you had. <laughs> um, no, but that's that's where it really started. Obviously on the video game side. As I got older and older, I started to understand what it took to make one of those. But kind of leaned towards the digital side of stuff for a while. Didn't really be able to make anything because back then it's not like you had any tools. You could just like dream daydream about it for the yeah. most part, and Unless maybe make like a three D cube. Yeah.
0: Or way back in the day when I used to program uh basic games on my little it was a it was a handheld thing that only played four lines. It was
1: it was from Radio Shack. but you'd oh, write out Radio basic Radio Shack code. was amazing. Yeah. I remember just going to Radio Shack and wishing I knew how to put all the little parts together and, like yes. make a computer. Exactly. Um yeah, Radio Shack was great.
0: Yeah. Anyway, you for the listeners, you're listening to a couple of Gen Xers here. We're we're
1: talking old school stuff. But yeah, They're like Radio Shack.
0: <laughs> what, is, what is Anyway, that?
1: skip to pretty much after college, I play Catan, yeah. right? And then I'm like, oh, well, shit. Uh, <laughs> I can make a lot of these things. Um, and then we're off to the races. And Milkman was one of the first games I actually wanted to make. Well, that segues and, nicely. Yeah. We can talk yeah.
0: more about... Your current gig, and in, in just a bit, but that segues nicely into what was your inspiration for Milkman? Like, you know, you said that Milkman was one of the first designs you ever
1: wanted to make. So, when was that, and what inspired it? Yeah, absolutely. So, my mom grew up in uh, Tennessee, up in the up in the mountains, and a Daisy for anybody out there that knows where that is, um, up above Chattanooga. And I was born in Chattanooga, uh, but I always vividly remember it was a farm being in their farmhouse and it has a basement and all the canned goods and all of all of those items and also the the they had the trays that the milkman would carry right with the milk in them they were empty bottles and it always like something about the idea of someone bringing you something that spoils quickly yeah right to your doorstep just kind of fascinated me uh and on top of that I really I don't know how to say it correctly I think it's uh uh, Divco, I don't D I V C O trucks. Yeah, it's yeah, like the, Divco yeah, trucks. Divco, Divco trucks. Yeah, they've like with their round noses and stuff. Yeah, they had great have great style. God, it's just it's just one of those iconic pieces of machinery that absolutely like, sticks when you, in your brain. So, yeah, when you see them, you like you just gravitate toward them because it's such great design. Yeah, it, it really is. It, they're they're fantastic. So those two things together really. And the way I work in terms of the kind of games and stuff I want to make is, like, I'll have, like, just those two elements and be like, I want to make something that utilizes these things because I like these things. Um, and then then I played, not through the ages, the dice. Uh, roll through just, the ages. Roll through the ages, yeah, yeah. I was like, what's the dice roll? <laughs> roll. Um, <laughs> of course it is. But I played roll through the ages, and then it was just a matter of a week or two from that moment to, hey, I could produce milk i could do a milk a milk theme with this oh i played cold baron and you move coal around mm-hmm. you could use a milk truck and actually deliver things and then it just you know one two three things lined up and then i had a prototype fairly quickly yeah i mean
0: you could definitely see the 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 vein of cold baron rolling through that because we talked about that before but anybody out there who hasn't played cold baron it's a great game it has a great rhythm to it you know milkman has at least as far as moving moving your processes down in a certain step to get to the truck and then moving that truck and delivering and everything it, it's uh, it has that same feel it's a very satisfying feel
1: um it's just cooler and Col- it's cooler in cold baron or if it, you like cold you should just you should just back it that's what you should do <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: yeah if you like cold you're gonna love milkman and if um, you hate it you'll love milkman so just no matter your opinion, exactly. You're gonna love Milkman. Well, that's cool to learn about the background of it, and like I mean, it's it's the kind of same kind of an aesthetic that I always gravitate toward with, with dice hate me game stuff. I mean, my just retro Americana aesthetic has always been me. But yeah, I remember I remember milk being delivered in my my neck of the woods. So I was familiar with you know those bottles, and then you had to return them, and it was the same thing. I lived next to a service station where you'd return your Coke bottles for a deposit. You know, it it's just it was a very different time. But of course, these with this was the '70s, not even the '50s. And I I love those milk trucks too because they've got that it's that part of the '50s, '60s, and early '70s, well mostly '50s, '60s, where it was designed forward and not mm-hmm. just utilitarian. You know, A lot of that utilitarian design started around the 70s, and cars got boxy, and they lost their, a lot of their charm. And still a lot of that charm hasn't come back, in, in my per- personal opinion. But anyway, that's a rabbit hole we don't need to go down on this podcast. Four hours later. Four <laughs> hours later, if I get through talking about the design aesthetics from the 50s and 60s. Um, so let's talk about the process of Built Man. So you had the idea...
1: When was your first true prototype that you came up with? So this is—I mean, it's a long time ago now, right? Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I played it was at Atomic Empire, um, with Matt Wolf, uh, and the feedback was it was good. Like I had something—I had a thing that was a game, right? Yeah. And at that point, I hadn't made anything that was a game. And then so this is like your
0: true first game, except like pre- previous, like you said, with Castle and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is the first like in, once I had played Catan, and once I had I joined like Your first I had kind of Eurocentric come type of game. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, informed by those things. Yeah, I had a couple other like thoughts, but they weren't they weren't really anything, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the first time of like, oh, that worked. This works as a as a as a system, as a theme, as as all those pieces. And then uh, there was a little pressure from that to 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 make something, because I was going to unpub five, five. the first one in the uh, convention center, so this was leading up to that process. So I had a little bit of like you know something pushing me forward to make something happen. Um, so that was the first real prototype uh, that I had put together, and I was putting that I felt was playtest worthy of random people, right? Not just like the people in the group, right? Um, and then then it was all steam ahead to like make it whatever I could make it the best thing I can make it for Unpub um, 5 however right. many years ago 2015 yeah um, so, yeah oh my gosh
0: I know it's like, I can't believe it feels like yesterday but it's been a long time
1: yeah. yes yes, yes.
0: <laughs> so I need to update that actually because on the the Kickstarter page I said it's been in development for over six years but actually it's been in development for over seven years now
1: yeah because yeah because yeah, that was that's the first time i uh, I had it and yeah. I don't know how long that lead up was yeah but it had to be long enough for me to like well I also didn't have children so I probably probably
0: BK before kids yeah
1: yeah but it was back in. 2015, BK. <laughs> BK.
0: So, Milkman, as far as like the, just talking about the complexities of it, what has changed since, I will just say, what has changed since Pub 5? The
1: fundamental s- system of the game is, is the same, right? The, the basically rolling dice and taking actions. Mm-hmm. And one of the main things that changed that I actually, I think, tested and, Maybe right before Umpub Five and decided to go with was allowing everyone to have their own dice and everybody be rolling on every turn. Yes, because that necessarily wasn't there right from the get go, um, and that came from feedback from probably a lot of people. But I explicitly remember Matt Wolf being like, "If we got to engage the other people at the table," and I agree because it was you know taking forever, and all of a sudden I was like, "All right, well then you have you they have dice too, but how does that then work?" Okay. You can re-roll those, but you can't. There's a set of dice that moves around that tracks, you know, turns nicely, basically. So yeah. you don't have to. You don't have to do it. But that that epiphany or whatever that was right before that unpub was a huge change in the game that made it what it is now. Um, um And I think it was that's also one of the yeah. key selling aspects
0: of Milkman, really. But other than the theme and how it plays, but that fact that there's really no downtime. Everybody has. Takes a turn at once. It's Just one person gets a super turn,
1: but yeah, and yeah, yeah and playing roll through the ages. That was the problem. That was the part that I didn't like. What are the things that I don't like? And then playing my prototype, like what is, what's, where's the problems? Where can I hit those things? Well, at the same time, like what do I want to achieve? Right. Um. Some other. There's a lots of like little tiny changes. Like I'm sure at that first unpub, like the value of whatever those cards are. Had to be nonsense, like yeah, they had to mean nothing, because that's usually how I how I do things. I'm just like I don't know. I did they you need to get points so like seven. Now when we play, then I can see if seven is even kind of close. Yeah, um, and there, there's going to be a, a, one tweak one
0: tweak that I'll I'll tell you about from Unpub that uh, somebody suggested that we will make for a change for one card. But anyway, that's beside the point. But yeah, don't do it. <laughs> so. Beyond Milkman, you've had other games published. It, even though Milkman was your first, and honestly, it's been sitting in limbo for a long time with, with me, honestly. I was signed it. gosh, when was that? 2017. And so I've been wanting this game to be made for a long time. I know you have as well. But thankfully, we were able to get to that point. In the meantime, though, you've had other games
1: published. So Yeah, and, and my first published game is a direct result of Milkman. Mm-hmm. So my first published game was uh Rocky Road Alamo, um, which good is friend about, Jason Katarski. yeah. Yep, which is about ice cream truck deliver uh like serving customers and like mostly focus on a card game kind of design. I so again, the the, the Divco or Divco, I don't I always say the wrong thing. Divco, <laughs> like it's that but an ice cream truck, right? Yeah. And I wanted to like what's what's kind of a what's a version of like have some of those elements from milkman in terms of uh the aesthetic Mm, um right but like really just trying to make everything out of cards uh ultimately there's a board with that game and stuff uh but that aim to complement uh milkman in my brain just so i can kind of like design in the same space a little Mm. bit uh and that ended up And I had told you about it too, and you were, you you know, you were like dice, because it's kind of a dice, hate me thing. Yeah. uh, As well. But Jason also was like doing those small box things and it kind of fit perfectly there. So you're like, yeah, do it. Like, go nuts. Um, So I was able to do that. And then, you know, that was my very first game that came out. Did uh, Big Easy Busking, which is all about New Orleans and playing, you know, music and making money. And uh, that's a good one. There's a new one. Uh, Hopefully it'll come out or hit uh, the street. Sometime this year, which is Top Pop, which is all about soda, the kind of soda wars, and yeah, yeah. Uh, back then. And we share a very similar aesthetic in terms of the thing we like. <laughs> exactly. So it's it kind of seems like I'm you know I'm, every game I've designed is right right down uh, your your and uh, right in your wheelhouse.
0: And that's why um, I always want to play them and I always
1: buy them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then also uh, me and Nat Levan, which is another Dice Haste me uh, designer. Then did some co-designs, and Aldabas is one of those that came out recently, which is about doors in Colombia and door knockers and professions mm-hmm. and tableau builder. Uh, super fun. Me, me and him also won the uh, an award for uh, American Steel, which was with somebody but is free free now. The yeah, Milkman so does good. Maybe we you know, can do American Steel together. Yeah, we'll see. Let's do it. It's got dice in it as well. Hey, I'm well,
0: just saying. I I produce a lot of dice games for a person who uh, the dice hate. So, but I love the get I love dice. Yeah, but yeah, you I, control I, them yeah. enough. You control them enough. Yeah, I, I wrangle stuff. them, especially in Milkman. <laughs> I like games where I can wrangle my dice, but it's not you can wrangle all day. And you you can definitely <laughs> wrangle the dice in Milkman. Well, I mean, the only departure from really that kind of retro aesthetic was Aldabus. Uh, it's a great design I absolutely love it It's a great production And uh, I guess that's your most recent release But Top Pop's about to be delivered
1: Yeah, it's it's probably on a boat somewhere um, <laughs> Probably on a boat <laughs> Probably on a boat somewhere <laughs> Who knows Somebody told me it was on a boat I don't know what boat <laughs> It'll get here when it gets here
0: <laughs> um, So of the design for Milkman Before
1: we wrap up like. What is your favorite part of the game? My favorite part of the game and is that, and this is a question that uh, almost every player asks, which is, oh, can I do this and then do that? And the answer is always yes. <laughs> so <laughs> right. the design allows for you, like you get to take the actions in the order that is most optimal for you. Um, and it's really freeing. That like sense of being able to, Put a couple different actions by themselves are, are they're good, but then when you combine them together and then and amplify what you're doing with the same set of dice you had like, you know, twenty seconds ago before you right. thought of what you could do, that that kind of clever feeling, I love it. I love seeing it in people's eyes. I like doing exactly. it myself. That's my favorite part of the game. Yeah. And I I love that aspect too. I've always said
0: that games that make you feel smart. Like when you do something, like you said, you you feel clever because the tactical... You, you can have a strategic outlook for Milkman, but it's a pretty tactical game. And the fact that you're going to be rolling dice and then seeing, okay, well, what do I want to accomplish with those dice this turn? What can I hope to accomplish with my dice this turn? And when you put them together, especially like when you have your quote-unquote mega turn, it's really called your main turn, but when you have all six dice at your disposal... Especially if you all have all six dice at your disposal and some cash for some rerolls or something like that, you can really start stringing things together and put together uh, some cool tactics uh, for that turn. And I tried to incorporate that. It this is beside the point. People will see it if they go to the Kickstarter, the, it, our preliminary rule book will be up. but the, the playthrough not only gives you an idea of how the game plays, but it also talks about how you can think about those tactics throughout the turn. I agree. I I think it's the best part of the game, and it's one of the reasons that I gravitated toward is You can do smart things. You can yeah, you
1: can yeah, feel you smart. Can, you can yeah, you can do smart things, and you can do a little bit. What I like any anytime you have those tactical decisions, there's not just necessarily like you know a best result because you can also push your luck on like well I can do this, but then that means I'm gonna want to roll. X or Y, <laughs> right, you know, in the next turn or two with my two dice. And you can kind of gauge how much you wanna go for something. Right. You can you just, just enough of that like overarching strategy part for those tactical yes. decisions to be influenced, right? And that's uh it just it's so fun. And it, just to be yeah. clear, I feel clever. So you don't have to be smart to feel clever. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other good
0: thing about the game, too, is because of the dice, you can mitigate the dice quite a bit. But ev- every now and then, you, you just need some luck. And it doesn't ruin your game if it doesn't pan out. But when it does, you're like, oh, I got the roll that I really wanted. you know. And, and dice games should have that, some aspect of it. Oh, that. yeah. yeah. You've got to have the like stand-up roll. The stand-up
1: roll. Come on.
0: Well, that was um. like... Uh, I was playing with somebody else one time, and they needed just one specific roll in order to fulfill that last contract. And this happens all the time. And they roll the die, and they don't get what they want. Roll it again, roll it again, don't get what they want. They got two bucks left. They pay, they roll that last die, and they're just waiting. Everybody around the table is waiting. And they get that roll. And it, the game is structured in such a way that you're actually rooting for that. Like, even though that's probably going to win them the game, Whatever. You know, you've yeah. played to your best and sometimes, you know but most of the time if you play to your best, you're gonna win Milkman. But
1: every now and then luck is cool. So Oh yeah, for sure. And like there's there's like nice little tiny tweaks to the, the mechanics in there that I think make that more likely. Like for instance, if you pay to re roll, you re roll until you get a different result yes. on the dice that you pay to re roll. So like yeah. if you roll like a truck and you're like, I don't I don't wanna deliver. And you roll and you pay to re roll and you roll the truck in. you get keep doing it until you get a different result. Different result. Like, so
0: like your your yeah. odds go up. Um and that's a, a that's day. a really good part of the game too, because it's so frustrating if you spend money and you roll and get the same result. It's just it's
1: yeah, it's really fun to watch people have plenty of money of like four bucks to just set the die to what they want. <laughs> yeah. And just decide for two bucks to roll it then pay another two bucks to roll to it. Roll it. Yeah. And then, then they're like, but I could have already paid the it. I'll pay another two bucks to roll it, and then they do <laughs> what they want. And it's it's just funny to see different yeah. humans do different uh, things different different decisions based on what's in front of them
0: and that's been fun of the development process for this game too and even at last on pub being able to sit down and talk and and play with so many different people it was it was a joy so let's wrap up one quick thing we'll go back and loop around to uh your current company do you want to talk about it maybe plug something i don't know if there's any some top secret mention but
1: i mean probably (laughs) but um no I, i about 18 months ago uh founded uh, Zapper Games with uh, two other co-founders here in Raleigh, Durham area, uh, making video games. We'll announce stuff soon, but it's it's a, I'm getting to make the kind of stuff I love to play. So like on the video game digital side, yeah. and that is extremely thrilling. So I'm really, really excited once we can actually say what we're doing and like <laughs> put it out there properly and everybody can see it. Right. Um, but I will say it's really, it that coupled with like doing board games on the board game side it's weird to have have what i do for fun so closely related what i do for work but they're they're really different because on the board game side you're usually collaborating with either either just yourself or you know one other person uh like you know with mark or with nat but on you know in the office there's 15 20 people like it's much more about just getting everybody on the same page to produce a thing so it's it's such a different part of my brain that it's it's kind of a joy to go back and forth all the time. Yeah,
0: it um, gives you uh, the best of both worlds, which is not something mm-hmm. that's accessible to most of us in the board game industry. We just don't get a chance
1: to dabble in that video game side. And some yeah. of us don't want yeah. to, but yeah, it takes a long time too. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I started, yeah, I started when I tested twenty years ago and I'm just not getting to make the things I really want to make. Yeah. Which you gotta have a you gotta have a little bit of luck, but also you gotta put yourself in a position to, to be lucky. Yep. Much like Milkman. Much like Milkman. So. Hey, nice. Nicely wrapped. All right, well thanks Josh.
0: Um, hope everybody out there has enjoyed this. Obviously we'll mention again that probably if you're listening to this, uh, it it's already on Kickstarter. So go to Kickstarter, search for Milkman and hopefully you'll back. I think you'll like what you see and I think you'll love the game.
1: Mills guarantee it's going to be fun. <laughs> there you go.
0: All right. So, uh, as a reminder, if anyone wants to reach out with feedback or topic ideas, you can email me at chris at dice dot com, or tweet them at hate me. And the gourd, the gourd, the guild on board game. The gourd, gourd. <laughs> the gourd. No, I think the gourd. The gourd. We should start calling the dice the gourd. hate me
1: gourd. The <laughs> dice hate me gourd. When it comes October, I'm going to bring over something to your house and just drop it off. Oh, that's me gourd. Dice hate me gourd. <laughs> Um, the gourd on build, Board Game Geek is still <laughs>
0: active, and we'd love for you to join the discussion there. It's Guild 1903. Thanks again, Josh, and until next time, thanks for listening, and may, may all your rolls be sixes.
1: Or pay two bucks.
0: Or pay two bucks. Or course. four. To or four and just set want. it to
1: a six. Yeah. <laughs>